0: Yep, yep, To, uh-oh, here comes something.
1: Here comes some music.
0: This is us.
2: Tax oh, oh. the rich.
0: Tax those rich. Starve them. Old,
2: rich no more.
0: Make them be homeless. Put them them in tents under bridges. Do all that stuff. Get your thumb on these little pesky ant people. Good morning. How you doing on the Tuesday edition here? November the 21st. Date stamp. Roger Sales, your host. Radio Ranch, the title of our little get-together here. And, uh, wow, good morning, people. I was just asking the group, man. Just noodle on this for a minute. I, I was just wondering, are we not the largest group of truly free people that get-together on a regular basis in the world. I think we are. Yes, we are. That's pretty interesting right there. Mm-hmm. Nothing like being unique. And our ranks are growing. I think that's the good news. Don't know how fast. Cause it should be a lot faster. But uh, this is a a slow process. Many times slow processes that build an adequate foundation are much better than a flash in the pan. So uh, as uh, much as it frustrates me over the years, we'll just build our little freedom empire slowly here. And I keep thinking about, you know, the other day, uh, Paul, last week I was on with Michael, uh, a badass Uncle Sam down there in Nolens, and uh, he's got his arms around our stuff, I think, and uh, we exchanged an email, and I hooked him up with at least two of the uh, Louisiana guys there. And. um, And then as an afterthought, I just sent him a reply email and I quoted the Harriet Tubman quote, which most of you probably seen or heard, but maybe some of you haven't. It's very, very apropos. Uh, It it stunned me when I saw it the first time I remember. And uh, Harriet said, I freed a thousand slaves. And I could have freed thousands more. If they only knew they were slaves. Yep. That's profound, folks. That apply. that is right in the old bullseye of what we do here. Exactly. Oh,
1: yeah, and you know you know the great Google machine, um, when Yuck. you search for that quote, it throws up a whole bunch of websites discounting her ever saying
0: that. Oh, oh does it? Okay.
1: Yep. Well, whatever.
0: All right, well we'll attribute it to me then. Okay?
1: No, what <laughs> they we'll do is we we'll can't
0: attribute it. discredit that.
1: <laughs> we'll attribute it if to you, Google because the the only, the best way that I know of to find out if something is valid or not is if sure Google is says them. it is isn't, you can bet that it is.
0: Well, there's the old 180 degree rule, you know. Uh yep. Paul, we I was going to, I told you right before I kind of titulated you a little bit i told you i had an announcement uh, a sympathetic message for our folks and listeners in chicago uh over there on wbou thank you for correcting me um chicago hit the highest crime rate in the history of the city wow i just heard uh uh, harrison mention that Mm some of the things he was saying. Highest crime rate in the history of the city of Chicago. Yikes.
1: That says a lot considering all the politicians there.
0: Well, I mean, just look back at the history of the St. Valentine's Day massacre and all the the alcohol wars going on between Al Capone and the Jew mob and the Irish mob and All that stuff, I mean, there had to be an awful lot of crime back then, you know? Mm Mm-hmm. So, uh, but, boy, it's got to be widespread now, and you folks up there, you got my deepest sympathy, so I'm very sincere about that.
1: Well, actually, it's probably a good time to talk about the platforms we're on.
0: Well, we can do that, and uh, we can, of course,
1: we're 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 on of course 106.9 WBOU FM Chicago good morning Chicago land we're on eurofolkradio.com and we're also on radio.globalvoiceradio.net and thanks to WDRN productions Fort Collins Colorado we are also on homenetwork.tv freedomnation.tv and to go live tv uh, go live tv is part of the stream life network and uh, wdrn has been instrumental in making that happen so thank you wdrn you, know, uh, you rock
0: um you know uh, that was uh, the home of pastor p peters fort collins colorado at the little church of christ out there uh had a big influence on me in the Oh, about halfway through this, uh, or a little less, I got turned on to Pastor Peters, and uh, I just thought the guy was a prophet. Okay, I mean he had uh, he had the wonderful gift of taking uh, things that are complex and breaking them down into uh, a presentation that people can understand. Let's put it that way. Again, I had yep. the chance to meet him and uh, shake his hand uh, before his untimely demise. I had, boy, I'll tell you what, talk about the plagues. They brought the plagues on him, you know, harassed him. He got so paranoid he didn't know who to trust anymore there but at the end. And uh, uh, his wife died of cancer, may have been induced, don't know. His son got killed. His only son got killed uh, at the gate of the property one day in a car wreck. And just a lot of plagues visited Pastor Peters, and it's too bad. You know, uh, and I think for the, maybe people don't know who he was, uh, if you're new. Uh, but back when Bill Clinton was president and Janet the Butch Reno was the attorney general, they named Pastor Pete Peters at a Church of Christ Church in Fort Collins, Colorado, as the single most dangerous man in America. That's the impact uh-huh. that guy had. Well, our people might have known who he was, but their pe- our enemies knew who the hell he was, and they were scared as hell of him, okay? They knew exactly a what guy. he was all about. Quite a guy, Pastor Peters was. and uh, So anyway, uh, his website, just in case you didn't know about him and want to check some of that out, is scripturesforamerica.org scriptures for they've got a lot of his sermons on there he was on shortwave every night right we mentioned bill cooper earlier mike did uh i think he followed no he was right before bill cooper well either way they were right next to each other around midnight to one uh over on wwcr and i uh, used to listen to them every night so uh, back in those days we didn't have this wonderful stuff we got here where you can just punch in here your uh, all over the world and all that uh we didn't have that yet and uh this was strictly um shortwave WWCR worldwide world wide Christian radio out of Nashville and uh I actually went up there one time. I was in Nashville on some other business, Paul, and uh, uh, I got a hold of Adam Locke, who was the program director at that point, and took him out to lunch and uh, uh, got a tour of WWCR. It's the only shortwave station I've ever been around. It's pretty interesting the way their antenna arrays are different and all that kind of stuff, and otherwise just a regular radio station, but nice experience back then years ago. Right.
1: Yeah, shortwave stations are cool.
0: I think I've, so. Uh, uh, well, the it. problem we had is shortwave bounces off. Well, they bounce off two things. At night, they bounce off the ionosphere. And that's why you get them on the other side of the world. And that's their target audience, you know. But in the daytime broadcast, they reflect off of the moisture in mid-level clouds. And so that's how WWCR would during the day, like, say, target down here in South America, you know, and uh, Mm -hmm. so but I was in Atlanta and both of the ways that they convey that signal are up. And if you're too close to the transmitter, you get real, real terrible reception because the signal's not aimed at you it's, it's kind of going past you getting the peripheral of it and uh, so many times you had to really struggle to listen to this information i mean <laughs> you know like we do here with all the interference well you had to listen to that and try and get your information so uh it was challenging you had to want this information back then cuz man you couldn't find it I mean, it just was real scarce and hard to get in the early days of this. And, uh, Bill Cooper was a big, uh, big contributor. Pastor Pete was a big contributor. Uh, Tom Valentine, who, who worked for Liberty Lobby, uh, the old spotlight, Liberty Lobby, uh, he had a, I don't remember if it was a two or a three hour show on, but he started the evening out Valentine and then be Pete and then uh, uh, Cooper. And anyway, it stretched through four or five hours. And uh, uh, that was the only place we could get it. You guys just open a browser and here you are, you know? Um, So Mm -hmm. big changes and uh, facilitates us getting our message out easier. Um, But uh, that's some of the struggles that this uh, this community has had to go through over the years to fight this uh, total control they've got over media go ahead
1: speaking of um, speaking of changes and getting the message out um, the original plan of setting up a shortwave station 24/7 shortwave station um, centered in Oklahoma uh, that is no longer a plan however i'm working on Trying to put a transmitter site in Colorado, it's still reasonably close to the center of the country, and uh, significant elevation. So uh, that's still in the works. It's just not going to be in Oklahoma, and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be doable in Georgia. It's it's too close to the East Coast. So, but that's still a plan. We're still working on it. Okay, just let people know.
0: Well, eh, pasos de baby. Pasos de baby, mm-hmm. Paul. That means, that means baby steps. So, uh, good morning, audience. Just pontificating a little bit here on the Tuesday edition. And, uh, gosh, we don't have any uh, new folks with questions or stuff. Might as well open that up here at the start of the show and let you know that we're uh, open and wanting to hear from you should you be new and have some inquiries. If not, we can discuss current events or whatever else is on y'all's minds. But uh, it's just kind of one of those Hi, days. Matthew. Hello, you're not new? Oh,
3: Mississippi Roger. don't you Oh, it's Mississippi
0: is? Mama. No, I didn't recognize <laughs> your voice. Shame on me.
3: <laughs> How you guys doing? I've been just listening to the call. But, okay. uh, well, Roger, we, uh, we, go ahead. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. No, I was just going to say, in terms of all the crime and stuff that's going on in Chicago, I lived in Chicago 42 years and moved back to oh. Mississippi in
4: 1999.
3: Uh-huh. But Smart. my nephew, 23 years old, our family was affected by this crime. 23 years old, in this past July, came home, had parked his car in the front of his house, and... Um, was getting ready to get out of the car. A guy jumped in the back seat, pulled a gun on him. My nephew said he turned oh. around and said, hey, man, take anything you want, even the car. And the guy shot him in the face. Just oh so my happened God. Uh, oh my they God. were able to operate on him and do, and do whatever the doctors needed to do, and he's okay now. He's got a little bit of an eye problem seeing out of one eye, but he's, he's fine.
0: Hmm. I'm so sorry to hear that you know the thing is is it's just mama telling us this family example and that is multiplied by the hundreds of thousands of incidents all over the country and it's just it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking see what happens when the communists get control and they're trying to do this period of escalating violence so they can create this chaos that they can uh, come out of on the other side as the controllers and uh, but uh, I You ever heard of what happened over in Shanghai last uh, century? I think in 29. I think it was 1929, Mama, uh, before the communists got control. And they went through Shanghai, and every communist they could grab, they put a bullet in the back of their head.
3: Oh, wow.
0: Okay. Now, I know that's, that's extreme. That's extreme.
3: Yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: But look at the alternative. Yeah. They're going to do it to us, okay? Uh, it just, uh, it's it's interesting. I was listening. I don't remember where I heard this the other night, but somebody said when Marx and Ingalls evidently took a boat to New York at one point, and on the boat okay. ride over, Marx said, We are bringing the plague.
3: Oh, okay. Wow. Wow. That's what
0: it is. Communism is a plague. It's a plague of the mind.
3: Mm -hmm. Yes, yes.
0: I understand. I understand. So, anyway. uh,
4: Go ahead.
3: No, my family in Chicago. They was thinking about moving back to Mississippi. My uncle is still living down there. He's ninety-six years old, and he said our hometown is Greenville, Mississippi. He said it's so bad down there. He don't, He wouldn't even recommend they come there.
0: Yeah, it's it's even gotten yeah, down we've never to that root. Like Right. It's out of the big city and down into the small towns and stuff, and that's this whole change in attitude, the fentanyl uh, dump that they've been doing for a while, and and, and the lack of, uh, of law-abiding and law enforcement and all of those things adding together, and that's why – uh, you know, we're very fortunate here to have some of the things that I've learned along the way. I mean, cause we can identify it. Nobody else can identify it. I've never heard one other person say, this is the third stage of the 4 stage plan of the communist take over the world, which they approved almost a hundred years ago over in Basel, Switzerland, the period of escalating violence. That's exactly where we are. And if we're there, then they're shooting for the fourth stage, which is the ultimate takeover. And, and that's why I say they can't afford to have an election next year.
3: Wow! Well, yeah, I understand what you're saying. I understand.
0: Because anyway, uh, it, it, it is so dramatic that they can't even cheat their way out of the difference in the popularity of the candidates. They can't even cheat their way out of that. <laughs> so that only leaves I've one option.
4: Yeah. Okay.
0: Uh, By the way, I did hear uh, 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 listening to Harrison last night and this morning from yesterday, uh, the new guy in Argentina, Paul, I had great hopes. Here's this Trump-like figure, and he wants to get rid of the central bank, and he went down a list of agencies out, 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 all the major agencies (laughs) And I'm not sure going on the dollar is a good idea for him, but regardless, it's something he's floating. He wants to get rid of the central bank, but he wants to take on the big central bank currency. It doesn't make much sense. There's something he's missing. But then I heard, you know, who he, he is absolutely, totally enthralled with Judaism. He's not a Jew. He's totally enthralled with Judaism. And I guess he said his first trip's going to be to Israel to study the Torah and the Talmud. And I went, oh, my God. (laughs) Well, hope's (laughs) dashed. Uh, So... But he did win in a landslide down there. Now I know because of the time I spent down there, my curiosity in politics, and asking questions. Because uh, the big uh, uh, the big political party in Argentina are called Peronists. Do you know about this, Paul? No. Have you ever heard of, Have you ever heard of Juan Peron? No. Have you ever heard of Evita Peron? Mm, Think so. Yes. Okay. Juan Peron was a military guy, and in the forties, very, very sympathetic with Hitler. Of course, all the ties have been known between the Argentinians and the Germans. They had a lot of uh, German support down there. Uh, I mean, Argentinian support for the Germans. A lot of Germans that live live good morning hey tom live in argentina supposedly uh hitler did escape uh and get down there and the the estate that he died in is up for sale i've seen pictures of it it's a gorgeous place man down there in southern argentina patagonia is just stunning it's a lot like alaska i didn't get a chance to get down there but i saw a lot of pictures and um uh, so Juan Peron uh w- took over and got control of the country. Uh one of his famous statements back then was that there was so much gold at the central bank that they had to s- they ran out of room in the vault. They had to stack it in the halls. Don't <laughs> know, don't know the wow. don't know the, uh, the true of that. But you know, hundred years ago, the saying was "rich as an Argentine," uh, because uh, actually the Argentinians per capita were more wealthy than people in the U.S. hundred years or so ago. And uh, so Perón, uh, as a military guy, got control of uh, of the presidency of the country, and he was married to a gal named Avita. And Avita is is uh, was from uh, the lower classes, and evidently uh, slept her way to the top. And so she was uh, his bride, and very very prone to the common person Avita was. And so when he died, there was a split. And his uh, uh, one of his uh, right-hand men wanted to take the country more in a legitimate direction. And Avita, hello, we got some noise there coming up. You just hold on. Uh, the Avita, uh, with her roots, uh, 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 parlayed it off of the poor people and became, well, she's the most famous person the country's ever produced, Avita. Uh, she uh, had a... Uh, a, an opera uh, a play uh, uh written for her by the famous play right over there in england i can't remember his name and her song avita don't cry for me argentina many of you have heard that mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. and uh, her grave today is the number one tourist spot in the country right there over in uh, part of buenos Aires and so she's the most famous person the country's ever produced man and uh ever since she got control everything skewed left socialistic real left and that's the battle they're fighting down there today that's why this guy won in a landslide is because the peronists have had control with a, a break or two of the machinery of the country for a long time And the inflation is just rampant, you know. I mean, that was one of the big deal in this election down there was the inflation. I don't know what the rate is. I quit keeping up with it. But I can tell you when I moved down there in 2007, the exchange rate was 3 to 1. 3.1 pesos to the dollar, okay. When I left nine years later, it was 16 to 1. 16 to 1. And I'd been here in Ecuador a year or two, and it was 300 to one. Now, you can't, if you haven't had to exchange money uh, uh, on that, you can't really imagine the impact of that. It is startling, okay? So, yeah, you go exchange a $100 bill, and you got to have a damn wheelbarrow to carry all the pesos. You know, so anyway, interesting experience. I'm glad to see them get somebody in there that's got a chance at making a change. He's got a perfect petri dish to work in because the Peronas have screwed that place up. That's a lot of some of the reasons I left, you know, part of it. And, uh, but we'll see. And now I find out his, uh, he wants to go over to Israel and take Torah and Talmud lessons. So <clears throat> my hopes were dashed a little bit. We'll see. Morning, Tom. How you doing? Tom. Um, I thought I heard Tom clang in there. Uh does anybody have anything you want to get uh, discussed today that we can launch off on without me pontificating cuz I'm in a pontificating kind of frame of mind. Yes, ma'am.
5: Um it's Thora. Good morning. Hey Thora. Um Good I morning. just want I wanted to just say a quick um thing that you had asked me yesterday if I empowered yet and my initial yes. my immediate response was no not yet because I haven't done the you know the affidavit and stuff and then I was no, really thinking about it matter. yesterday I yeah I was thinking about cool. it yesterday after I said that and I I want to clarify because I actually feel super empowered now because a month ago I didn't even know I had a chance to be free and today right. I I know that I can be and I. Have I know no. so much more now than I did you a month are. ago? So
0: I hold that. Let, let me reframe. Yeah. Let me reframe your perspective. You already are free when you made that decision in your mind. The rest is a formality. Oh yeah,
5: that makes
0: sense. When you know you had the choice and you made the choice, you're free right then. I mean, the rest is just notifying them. So and That's it's right. a process. It, it doesn't happen overnight. It happens quicker with some than others. Uh but uh, uh but it it's a process and it, well, here's what happened, see. I I could see it in myself happening over all these years, okay? And then I got on the radio and started talking to these folks and getting people like Daryl and Brian Howard and a few other folks that have come along the way here. And then I could see it in them. And when I could see it in them, I could recognize it in me. I didn't recognize it before I saw it in somebody else, see? I could feel it. I I, I knew it was happening, but I couldn't really put my finger on it. And when I saw it happening with other people like those guys and others who have gone through here, uh, you can identify it, and then you can analyze it a bit better, you know? But it is, and I think what's going on is that you're now reconnected with what you were supposed to have at birth that Esau Edom has stolen from us with this trick and then suppressed any of those feelings in us with their intimidation, and all of a sudden all that's gone, okay? Okay. And now you get the goodness of, of being back in connection with our creator and getting what you were supposed to get at birth. But because you're like a new baby in this, in a sense, like a baby, you've got to grow into it. See, Here, here's what's going to happen with you. Here's what's going to happen with you. You're going to get out there and you're going to go and do something where you got to interface with an official of some sort. And they're, they're going to say, are you a citizen of the United States? You're going to say, no, I'm a national. And then they just go on and do exactly what you wanted them to do. And you go, wow, that yeah. was kind of cool. Let, wait a minute. I'm going <laughs> to see if I can find another one and go through it again. See, and that's the <laughs> empowerment process. Yeah. It's pretty cool. You're going to like it. I can tell already you like it. and uh, Oh,
4: yeah. It's just Absolutely. Nothing.
0: There's, n- there's nothing like it. I mean, really, when all of a sudden what you were scared to death of before, and it just goes away, poof, an illusion. That's all it was. It was this little scam. We just tricked you into this, and now we don't have that power. And uh, by God, for the most part, they recognize it. Yeah. So it's a, it's a cool thing. I have no idea why, why I was chosen to do this, uh, but, you know, it's funny. I can look back my entire life now and see where everything that I had as career and life experience have been kind of molding me to do this. To be able to do it, starting mm-hmm. in radio, out of left field when I was a kid, and uh, my, my career experiences through the record business, and public speaking, and uh, teaching for 10 years, and all these different things that just really brought me, brought us here together and we've crossed paths with you and all these other wonderful folks out there who hopefully, you know, my dream is that this information can change your life as much as it has done mine.
5: Well, for me, I can say it already has, and I'm pretty darn new into it, (laughs) but my perspective has changed so much.
0: It just gets better, I think, you know, and uh, I promise you our enemies are scared to death of this. They can call us all racist and anti-Semitic, and they can use all and hurl their little invectives at us, but now we can call them slavers. So you folks that are listening out there, we got any of you big-nosed, big big-eared big people out there listening, slavers? So you just hurl your little invective because every time you do that, we're going to look you in the face and say slaver, 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 liar, murderer, deceiver, thief, slaver, slaver. (laughs) I don't think they're going to like that too much.
6: I don't think so either. And then just laugh in their face.
0: And they can't do a damn thing about it. Nothing. They're not, I mean, you know, they're not going to take the mask off totally. There's only a handful of them. There's billions of us. They know that a hell of a lot better than we do. You know, that little scene from uh, that animated movie, remember, A Bug's Life? I know all of y'all have seen that little clip where the the grasshoppers yep. are saying, "Don't you let one of those stinking ants
5: stand up?"
0: Well, that's the scenario <laughs> we're in. Okay.
5: But don't it really think is one so of we're glad. Problems is, is the um, nope. is that a lot of people are comfortable with slavery, and that was one of the problems when people. <laughs> wandered around in Egypt for 40 years because they they they're like we want to get back to our food we want to get back to our slavery because it was comfortable
0: that's what we're fighting (laughs) see now the situation has gotten so bad they're losing their comfort zone though aren't they and things are happening that have never happened before like the highest crime rate in the history of Chicago And presidents getting caught taking millions of dollars from foreign actors and this January 6 stuff that's come out just in the last 24 hours as the new speaker of the house did at least one decent thing after he took care of Israel for the first week uh in releasing this uh, additional footage. Now, uh, Marjorie Taylor Greene is calling for a new January 6th committee to address all the lies and misinformation of the other one. Don't know whether he'll do it or not. They seem to have pretty good control of him or else he wouldn't have gotten that in the first place after what they went through to get a new speaker. And pretty well evidenced by the first thing he did is say, we're our undying support for Israel. So, uh uh, but we'll see. Uh, but all these people are getting exposed, and they got—they're getting exposed on COVID. They're getting exposed on the jab. They're getting—all all of these things are coming at one time, and they can't handle it. They're—they're they're real desperate folks, I'm telling you. And now with all of that going on, and this message gets a shot at one of these big shot platforms. I mean, it's got the ability to push them over the ledge. I don't know whether it will or not, but it's that powerful in that situation, to me, seems like. So, day by day, we just get on here and keep finding new folks, and, and people get out, and they get a little bit... Uh, educated up on this and they start talking to all their friends and some of their friends react and then they start to it's just we're getting to a point where it's getting exponential we've got a pretty good foundation laid i can't i don't organize it i don't do any of that i just throw the information out people come here they hang around for a while and they go off we don't hear from them again so i don't know what they're doing with it but i know it's growing So we'll take we'll take slow growth Uh, a long time ago, Thor. I got I got real frustrated with this along the line a few times and wanted to quit, you know, but I understand the importance of it, even though I didn't totally understand it. Okay, And so a while back, I just I just made a, a deal with the big guy. You know, I said, look, this is your deal. And 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 I can't I can't continue to try and push these doors open. They won't open for me so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna put that in your hands so when the, when you're ready to open the door you open the door and i I'll continue to do what I'm doing and be ready to answer that door and walk through it when it's open so that that's where we are here okay this is God's trump card okay
7: I agree hey Roger
0: yes good morning yeah, Al from Indiana. <clears throat> hey Al Did you
7: ever get a uh, did you ever get a word processor on your uh, computer?
0: You know, I haven't put one on there yet, no.
7: Uh, is uh, Paul handy? I had a suggestion. Yeah, Paul's
0: always Paul's always handy. Except There's when enough. he's wanding his he might be off wanding his cat or something. Paul, are you wanding the cat or are you available? off getting coffee well go on al he'll come back in a second
7: all right there's a uh uh there's a free uh office uh
0: yeah uh, open office
7: it's, it's www open. dot lever l-i-b-r-e, L-I-B-R-E yeah. office dot okay. And it's the same as Microsoft. It's it's, it's free.
0: All right. Well, I figure
7: Paul Paul could put it on on your computer.
0: Well, I can put it on my computer if I can just get the thing typed in here. All
7: right. Okay. Sorry,
0: audience. All right. Hold on now. Hold on. I got bad vision. I got to do all kinds of crap. So hold on. Okay.
8: Uh. Roger, I can send you the link later. Okay. Right. This is Mark.
0: Okay. Uh, Mark send it to me, okay? Then uh, we'll stop that. I'll send hey, you Mark. the link to it. I use Thank that. You. I use that.
8: Okay. Yeah, yeah right. Al, that's good. I just want some stuff. Yeah, yeah okay. it is. Thank it you. does everything that Office does, except you can't convert it into a PDF from there. But I have a trick around okay. that, too. So Okay. So
7: no, so anyway. I don't use one. Uh, if, if, if. If you scroll down on LibreOffice's uh, page, they have Acrobat on there, which does PDFs. Oh, okay.
8: Oh, okay. okay. I, I didn't see that. But All yeah, right. it's Libre. It's like Liberty, Libre, yeah. L-I-B-R-E. Yes. Libra Office, and it's a, it's a great tool, and you don't have to pay for it. You can donate money if you want. But uh, it's been around for a long time, and I've used it off and on through the years. So, yeah, good. that's a really good point.
0: Okay, Okay, thanks. I'll get that loaded. I don't need one often. I need one occasionally. I just had not needed one to go start downloading one. So, anyway, thank you, Al. The other thing uh, I do,
8: yeah, Al, let let me follow up on that real quick, too. The other thing I do is, first thing, once I get that installed, I change my settings so that every time I open up a new Word document, it saves it in rich text format which is the most universally accepted format for Mac users and, and for Windows users. Almost everybody can open up an RTF-formatted document. Okay. So, otherwise, if you, if you just use it as standard, as installed, it will try to save it in LibreOffice format, which nobody can open up unless they have LibreOffice. So oh. that's, a li- that's a little workaround. So, Or okay. every time you save that document, you've got to make sure the first thing when you open up a new document that you save it as a RTF document. Or you can even ser- save it as a Word document if you use that format, yeah. the .docx. But anyway, sorry we turned that Great. into the, the computer tech hour. Hey.
0: Well, that's okay. Uh, I do need that. If you'd shoot me that link, I'd appreciate it. Thank you, Mark. What's going on the yeah, ha-
8: day, man? How are you doing? Um, I'm doing doing all right. Uh, got to meet another. Got to meet one of our our fellow Okie students yesterday, and uh, yeah, uh, got enjoyed conversation with them, and so it's uh, pretty good. Good, and uh, we're
0: building quite a little group there in Oklahoma. A lot of folks have. Uh, yeah, we, we do out have a little kind of bit of group. like Yeah, yeah.
7: So it's. Position.
0: Hold on, Al, Al. Was that you trying to say something? Go ahead, Al.
7: Yeah, I had another suggestion. Uh, Mike in Alabama has that court case going.
4: Okay. Yeah.
7: And and uh, if if uh, I forget the guy's name, but the uh, pilot that comes in and talks quite a bit. Uh, Daryl from
8: Tennessee. Daryl.
7: Daryl, yeah.
9: No. Daryl from,
0: from Alabama. A, no, from <laughs>
8: Alabama. Alabama. Oh, I didn't know Daryl was in Alabama. I thought he was in Tennessee.
7: He no, he said he was right
8: up. Yeah, he's right
0: up on the northeast side of Birmingham, outside of a small town called Gadsden,
8: Alabama. Ah, okay, okay. Is that why the Gadsden
7: flag yeah. there? Mike That's where actually Mike.
0: <laughs> Go ahead, Al. We'll quit stepping on you. Go ahead.
7: Mike could have somebody come in as next friend and sit next to him in the court.
8: But you have to apply for that.
7: That's my job.
8: You have to apply for that. Mike would have to ask the court for a next friend to come in and and assist him. Yes. But, wow, I've I've only seen a rare few occasions that they approve that. Hmm. Is that what that judge did up
0: in New York? Is that what that judge in New York's doing? With the clerk sitting up next to him his next friend? Yeah, who's <laughs> a friend? Who's a friend? Uh, I go out and dance with Chucky e. Schumer. I can sit next to the judge. No conflict of this interest here. Hey, Mike.
10: Hey. Uh, well, this is what I'm going to do. When I get in there, I'm just going to tell her. I says I don't consent to know this. You you must have my consent. None of these jurors are nationals. They're not my peers. You can do what you want. I'm going to appeal this. Then I'm going to go after you.
8: Okay. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful saying I'm going to go after you. Yeah. That could be perceived as a threat.
10: No, I'm just going to tell them go after their bond and their oath.
8: Well, say I'm going to pursue all my legal remedies. Yeah,
0: there
2: you yeah, go. I will pursue
8: all my legal lawful. remedies. Lawful. Be very careful.
2: And lawful. If I legal, may. Lawful remedies.
6: We now, are hold on not a so what? it has to be lawful, not legal.
0: It has to be lawful and we can participate in the legal, but we're in the lawful category. Scotty, what did you have? Was that Scotty trying to inject
2: Yeah, uh, that would be much better. That'd be taken as a threat a lot of way. That that could be put in writing a little bit more formally and not so aggressively, and then just refer to the document. And as far as the Libra office, yeah, I've been using that too. I'm writing my first sworn affidavit that we talk about a lot here. It also seems to, when you do send it, because I had the same problem that one person couldn't open it, uh, couldn't do the leak but it also seems to always be an active document when you send it out. So you have to have a record of this is what I sent out in case they change it. But yeah, it seems pretty simple. If I'm learning how to do that, Anybody could do it. (laughs) Um, So that's good for the Libra office. I yield. Okay. Mike, when
0: is that little? uh, Let me ask Mike here, Mirko. When is that little shindig uh, scheduled?
10: December 7th, 1941. December 7th.
0: (laughs) Well, maybe D Day for her. Maybe Pearl Harbor for her, Mike. Well,
10: like I said, I'm going to object to everything and I'm going to tell her. These are not lawful uh, jurors, and correct. And, Correction. and uh, I'd have to. Uh, I'm gonna tell her to proceed well, how you want. I I, I still object, and so then I'm gonna appeal this.
8: Do not say proceed what? how you want. That that would be like waiving jurisdiction. Just object to the whole. Well, thing.
10: I, I, I when I challenged it, she says, "Well, do you want a jury trial?" I said no, and she said, "Well, I'm going to write one up, anyways." She just ignored exactly what I said.
0: Well, well, <laughs> she, oh boy, there's your there's your appellate basis right there. You didn't have a jury of your peers.
8: Well, he said he didn't want a jury trial, and she she's, said she's she's drawing anyway. up one anyway. Right, and I don't, this, I don't know how. <clears throat> excuse me, I don't know how that falls.
0: You know, this in, woman. In the, This woman is on a power trip right here.
2: You have a right to to counsel of your choice. It doesn't have to be a bar member.
8: How would you? he wasn't talking counsel, he's talking about jury members.
2: Start with the next method, which is like counsel
8: Of
0: magistrate, female magistrate. Yes, Marka.
2: I just wanted
6: to say uh, Mike is right. And about saying what he, that he they don't have a jury of his peers because it's not Correct. lawful. They're not nationals. Correct. And another Correct. thing, too, we need to comprehend. We really need to stop saying we're going to do legal this and legal that. Because we were no longer in the legal system. We are lawful. We are nationals. It's okay to understand the legal. Yes, we need to understand yes. it. But we need to do this well, lawfully.
0: It, it, it law If we're way. using the legal, if we're using the legal system, then in that little uh, uh, meeting of those minds, we're not adherent to the legal system because we're excluded from it. But you still use it to get out of it.
5: Yeah, we invoke Here, our common law. Is what we need to do. Here's
10: something new, Roger. I was watching a document or docu. Where apparently in the state of uh, Louisiana and Ohio, the way the law is written, a a city mayor can be the judge. So they have what they call mayor's court. And uh, they can pretty much do anything they want. Well, somebody objected and took the uh, state of Ohio, the court over it. And they took it to the Supreme Court. And the Supreme Court said that. The money from traffic tickets cannot be substantially the income of the city. So the state Supreme Court of Ohio defined what the word substantial was. And in Ohio, substantial is anything more than 10%. So you might want to, people now need a challenge uh, for your quest and ask them how much money of the ticket money is going to the city.
0: Okay. That's interesting.
8: Cha ching, cha ching. Hey, Roger. Hey, Roger's yes. going to share this for a moment. Of course. Um, my straw man, he started using letters up and down because he wants to be free, too. So he's using <laughs> uppercase, lowercase for his name because really? he wants to be free. Yeah. Wow, that's so, a pretty big change. But I'm for still Strang. going by Mark all caps. So I'm still using all capital okay. letters on my name. So
0: it's capital S, small T R A,
8: lower Yes, yes,
0: yes. Yeah. yes wow, that's, that's a so, that's a big change.
8: <laughs> it is. It is. He's, he's he's you know he's picking up on this. Next thing you know, he's going to be trying to secure his bond. So anyway, oh. <laughs> Uh, Anyway, I was wanting to point out on the challenge to jurisdiction, the idea behind this is right up front, if you have a challenge to the court's jurisdiction over you uh, or subject matter jurisdiction, you want to immediately file a motion to dismiss, and if that's denied, then you take it up on an immediate interlocutory appeal. We don't wait to get around to trial date. And so I'm, I'm doing research for a case here in Oklahoma right now that the, that just happened. And so hmm. the um, uh, it, it was a foreclosure case, and it's kind of interesting because the, the plaintiff that filed the lawsuit didn't have standing. They did not have any assignment of the mortgage prior to filing their lawsuit. And they caught it and turned around and um, – uh, executed a, uh, an assignment of mortgage, amended their petition, and kept moving forward. And so this person okay. filed a motion to dismiss, not unlike what uh, some people have done in their traffic cases based on, on uh, jurisdiction over them in person. Their personum jurisdiction is what they're challenging. And mm-hmm. so uh, they, the, the court denied it. And we we didn't even, or I shouldn't say we, but they didn't have a hearing. They just asked the court to make a decision on the papers. You know, why are you trucking down there all the time having to make hearing unless you're running up the attorney's bill, right? So mm-hmm. <clears throat> they denied it. And uh, within 30 days, they filed uh, a, uh, a notice of appeal to start the, well, I shouldn't say notice of appeal, petition in error. They filed their petition in error, and they started the appellate process. And so in Oklahoma, that could you know potentially take up to a year to uh, before a decision is made. Well, it's kind of right. a 1st out. out
0: And for to the what? audience that might not be familiar with all this stuff, the, the appeal stayed the court action. So they can't That's go correct. ahead with the court action until they come back with a decision on the appeal.
8: Right, and so that's the same is- same idea with the with the traffic cases. Is one if you get a ticket, uh, whatever the court date is, try to push that out, try to get it, try to get it continued down the road further, and then turn around and file a motion to dismiss as quickly as you can, um, and then once that's denied or ignored. You can take it up on appeal because jurisdiction can be challenged at any time before any court of competent jurisdiction, which would be an appellate court in your state. Is so district court not of a
0: competent jurisdiction? District court's not a, a or lo- but lower courts aren't a court of competent jurisdiction, or is it just at
8: the well, appellate level? Just any anyone in that chain. So your next, you know, your next appellate court level would be a court of competent jurisdiction. In other words, I can't go to another state and file an appeal or go to a court that's outside of my right. So, But, yeah. So that's the game plan as far as, you know, tickets are concerned, and and you might have a shot. And then the other thing, too, is, you know, if they're looking at a, you know, $250 ticket, uh, you know, there's kind of an old saying is if you can cost – Cost them more than what they're going to get out of their ticket, they're usually not in too big of a hurry to, to prosecute that, and and uh, we'll dismiss it. And in some cases, if you're right. doing civil, if you're talking about civil and not criminal, if it start co- costing them more to you know to try to win their case, and they either want to settle or they end up dismissing their case because they just don't want to spend that kind of money on it. It's, it's no longer profitable right. to them.
0: Uh-huh. You came on here one day and we're talking about an idea of taking our information and floating it to the court. And I don't remember what you called it, like declaratory judgment or something for a decision. Yeah, you
8: can do a. Yeah, exactly. Matter of fact, we talked about that last night. Uh, Doing a petition for declaratory judgment. I'll give you a great example. There was a a lady here in Oklahoma, um, and this is actually how I met uh, Chuck Ward. Uh, We had a, uh, at a capital rally, but she, she was fighting the, the, um, driver's license issue and her Mm -hmm. attorney told her, well, you got to get a ticket first. Well, she went out and got her a ticket. (laughs) And so now they're, yeah, yeah. So, so anyway, uh, what was her, her, her channel was Axiom for Liberty. I don't recall her name off the top of my head. It's been several years. But um, when I met her at the rally, I said, you know, you could have done a declaratory judgment and not had this ticket and just all the harassment from it. And she looked at me like, oh, crap. So a, a declaratory judgment is if you have a question of law, you can put, t- put a petition, the court to say, I, I need you to make a decision on whether it's this way or is it that way. The one that we had done previously, there was a group of us back then, uh, Dan, Dan Meadors, uh, to be about 2000, 2001, they challenged the state on what they could pay debt with, uh, gold and silver is what they were saying money was. And uh, they tap danced all around that, but that's what they did. They filed a petition, uh, a petition for a declaratory judgment. And now you're not in trouble. You don't have to worry about taxes or property being taken or whatever. But if you think you're right and you got your ducks in a row and you got your case law and everything supporting you, you can you have the right to ask the court to make a decision on it. <clears throat> It sounds and, like a you know, good technique for
0: us to incorporate. It sounds like a good technique for us to incorporate here because everybody could do it in their local area and get a local seal of approval, basically. Right,
8: right. But you also got to realize too, you, you know, it could go against you, and you know, you really need to be careful can about appe- setting setting case precedent. You know, can so you? Well can you does, appeal that? Really needs to know what they're doing.
0: Since it wasn't a it wasn't a case that you're initiating the action and they uh, rule against you on your request or what you feel is an error, can you appeal that?
8: Yes, you can. And that's the whole pro. That's the whole idea behind it too, is you can still appeal it.
0: Well, I can tell you, Mark. Uh, years ago, I don't remember who told me this. Uh, yeah, I do. It was Gary Bryant, I believe, who I've mentioned to you before, was a new Cornforth, um, and he said the first uh, real place that you get laws at the appellate level Con- yeah, more that, consistently than any other. By wow. the way, the Supreme Court just turned down Derek Chauvin's appeal. Chauvin, the guy mm-hmm. that killed uh, George, that supposedly killed George Floyd, who killed himself on an yeah. overdose of fentanyl. Yeah, the Supreme Court yeah. turned the certiorari down on that. I just heard this morning. I was a little disappointed so, in that.
8: So he lost his appeals all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court.
0: Supreme Court wouldn't accept it. They denied certiorari.
8: Wow, oh, that's, so that's that sad. also tells me. Yeah, it is, and it tells me that that um, that he went through his full appellate process. So he's got state, well, he's got the state appellate process, supreme court, and then the the federal circuit court of appeals for Illinois.
0: Well, now you know I'm hearing Harrison say this oh, this morning. Minnesota. So it may have been this, it might have been the supreme court of Minnesota. I don't know, but he just said the supreme court. Oh, that's right. So. Yeah. Uh, oh, okay. uh but okay. I can't imagine the Supreme Court turning that down they've put him in for 21 years on murder and the oh, the new gosh. uh the finally the autopsy report has come out and gotten public and it was an overdose of fentanyl Paul you got to dump out of here right Paul, well, yep, Paul Paul's got to dump out
1: of 6.9 WBOU Chicago If you want to catch the second hour of this program, please go to ExposeTheMatrix.com. Click on either one of the links, either Eurofolk Radio or GlobalVoiceRadio.net. Click on those, and you can follow us right into the second hour. Thanks, 106.9 WBOU, The Pulse of Chicago.
0: Stay close to home, Chicago. Hey, Roger. We're out of that. Yes, who's that? That's Dave. Hello Dave.
8: Hello, Roger. Did you know that Derek Chauvin was a key player in the Boston massacre?
0: No, I didn't.
8: Yeah, check it out. He he was uh he was definitely there and one of the the players, um, you know, as a whatever cop. Um but yeah, he was there. Oh.
0: So, yikes. Well, I, you know, I remember hearing that him and, yeah, the marathon. You talking about the marathon? What I think okay. That's what I think he's talking about, yeah. And he and uh, the uh, George Floyd used to work at a nightclub together as security.
8: That's right. That's exactly right. I mean, it's
0: a, that's, well, a Floyd, bouncer, that's a weird situation. That's a weird. Yeah, he was Floyd
8: was the bouncer, and Derek was the security guard.
0: Something like that, yeah. Yep. Right. So anyway, I don't. I, I assume that was Minnesota, uh, as opposed to the it Supreme is. Court of the U.S. If they
8: turned it that down, just, I'd
0: be okay. Go ahead. Yeah,
8: the Minnesota Supreme Court in July refused to review the appeals court's decision. Okay. Okay. So well, that, Minnesota is so Minnesota far Supreme gone. Court.
0: It's so far gone. I can understand that, but hopefully, if it gets up to Gorsuch, Thomas, and the boys that wouldn't happen and i'm sure that case is headed that way especially with the new evidence that's come out what a travesty it's just a damn travesty you know it is the the, the whole thing with these what these guys have done to our culture our society our minds uh, uh it, it, w- when we get control i'm sorry you know and I, i'll just th- these people need to be hanging from every tree
8: okay yeah. every tree unbelievable
0: and the bad thing is and, and i hate to be like that you know i could get even more gruesome but um but it's they they're the ones that have forced this remedy because it's the only way you can work with them you they'll lie to you they'll cheat you it doesn't matter what they tell you in a contract all those things you can't trust them uh you know a, a millimeter and, and so this is the only remedy they understand
8: Yeah, yeah. Um, who, I heard somebody else saying basically the same thing uh, on one of the radio shows yesterday. Uh, oh, the um, the new uh, president elect of Argentina. He says oh, you, yeah, you can't remember. give them an inch. Um, oh yeah. There was a show last night where they he, were interpreting one of his interviews with the with the press, and um, and he was just blowing them out of the water. Because you can't appease them, you can't give them an inch. You, right. you know, and can't, all they understand is force. that's all they understand. That's right. Yeah.
0: And then Mark, did you hear me saying? I mean, I've got all this big build up in my mind. Of course I've got nine years of familiarity with Argentina. And um and then what is his real, uh, he, he's he's enthralled with Judaism. And his first thing's going to be to go to Israel and start studying the Talmud and the Torah. Evidently, that was a public statement. I, I'm talking no. about Dashing the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> Where do you think the socialism's coming
8: from? Oh, my gosh. Well, the yeah, yeah, other thing, too, I though, is he, he was against the banking system. He was railing well, against the banking gonna, system.
0: He, well, here, here's the inconsistency. He's going to close the central bank, but he wants them to be on the dollar, the biggest central bank swindlers in <laughs> the frigging world. <laughs>
8: oh, my goodness.
0: <laughs> Do you know the guy, he has five cloned mastiffs? Huh. He had his favorite dog, and he loved it so much he had five clones, and they're living in the pink house. Down there, they don't call it the White House. This, they call it the pink house.
8: Okay. Wow.
0: Five five clone mastiffs, and he loves Judaism. So
8: He was also railing against the universities and the schools. He, sure. you know, he's basically sure. calling subversive and and everything that they're teaching well, cultural wise. And oh, he was just I was just let stunned. Me, well, let me tell you about Argentina and the
0: education system down there. Everything's free, so all the courses are really tough. Okay, oh, to get wow. up into those universities. And it's interesting right. because my landlord's here in Ecuador. Uh, it, the the husband is an is an architect, and his son went down there to go through their free public uh, education to be an architect and he's back up here now and i think he's been up here i don't know a number of years they still haven't given him his diploma <laughs> they told me the other night he, said, he doesn't have his diploma yet okay but wow. i had a real good friend down there there was a taxi driver and he spoke english he had lived in new jersey for 11 years And uh, it was a a green card holder, a machinist, and all that. And they had their children up there. And so the children were citizens of the United States. And at some point, they wanted to come back to Argentina. And we'll get this, Mark. uh, Nick and his wife, Lydia, sweet people. They're they're Ukrainians, really sweet people. uh, And their two children and a 90-year-old mother left New Jersey in a Pick basically a pickup, two seat pickup truck, and drove all the way almost to Tierra del Fuego on the Pan Am Highway. Two young kids wow. a ninety year old mother, and them <laughs> driving the Pan Am highway all the way to the tip of South america, okay so uh his daughter, well, they spoke perfect English, you know, and so she wanted to be a, a certified translator down there, which means you got to go through and get this degree so that you can have that certification right. stamp and so there were a hundred and twenty three students in her class and she was the only one that graduated whoa that's how tough that's how tough it is seriously that's crazy yep
8: yep pretty well, it's interesting, be interesting place, though, see Argentina. what happens down there it,
0: it is one of the biggest untapped resource places on earth That when I was there, I had a friend who was Anglo-Argentinian that sold dynamite to mines. He was a mining engineer, and that's what he did. Mm -hmm. And he told me only 17% of the Andes had been explored on the Argentine side. Oh, my goodness. because, Because mineral rights don't run with the property. Huh. The Government owns everything. should you get oil or find something on your land they'll give you they'll give you a little smidge and throw you a little crumb in the corner. but you ain't getting the lion's share of it. so wow. no incentive, no exploration
7: yeah yeah that's for sure.
8: Yep, I don't know if that's good or Who's bad. Inter-
0: well, I don't either, but it's different. You know, as I've said on the air here, they just do things different down there. Here, I'll give you a perfect example. Let's say you're driving down a two-lane road, some traffic on it, okay, and you want to turn left. So in our culture, you turn the turn signal on, and you wait till there's an opening in the traffic, and you turn, right? Right, right. Down there, you pull off to the right side of the road and put on your blinker and wait until both lanes are clear to turn. Now, is that better or is that worse? It's just different.
8: Wow, wow, I can see, I can see that both ways. <laughs> yeah, I know. If That's you're holding traffic is. to turn left. Right. You know, if you were holding up traffic to turn left, it'd be good to pull over and let everybody else pass. But, you know. Because you mm, could potentially
0: cause an accident, somebody that wasn't looking, all of a sudden the road's going along, traffic's flowing, and bam, you hit somebody in the rear end because you didn't see somebody in the back traffic up. So, you know, it's like I said, and I've thought about it over the years a lot. I don't know whether it's better or worse.
8: It's just different. Yeah, it is. That's true. That's true. That's like when I lived in Las Vegas, um, I was used to, in you know, Oklahoma, you just didn't do U-turns. That was just like a big no-no, right? Well, you go out in, to, to Vegas, and, and almost every street is divided with some type of, you know, uh, uh, a, a median. And so you're forced to do U-turns. I've never done so many U-turns in my life. So I went to Vegas because you got to drive down, find a, uh, an opening to turn, right. and you got to do a U-turn, you know. So to it's execute just, the turn. It's just crazy.
0: There's another thing. Down here they don't allow right on red, which is – I mean, it just lightens everything. It just totally makes sense, you know. But, but yeah. uh, anyway, yeah. they don't allow it down here. But uh, it's been very—it's been a real experience for me living down here, and and be, live actually living in these cultures and being affected by the mm-hmm. cultural surroundings and all that's very cool. I feel like I've gone through at this stage of my life, seventy-five years old. I kind of gauge everything for pers- from personal growth. Okay. And I've been doing that for a number of years, and uh, I've gone through more personal growth down here than I'd gone through in a long time in the states. It's just different. It, I like it, you know. I mean, yesterday Jill was on I'm here, sure. and her mother didn't want her. Her mother didn't want to learn Spanish. You know, it's one of the reasons they wanted to move back. And hell, I'm never going to be fluent in Spanish, but I can get around. You know,
8: I don't. I'm, I, well, I don't. They've got a now. theory Roger. They got a device Go- now that you can yeah. converse with somebody in your own native language, yeah. and right. it, will, right it, will, there it will translate it and verbally. Yes, we've, verbally. Got,
0: we've, got, we've got several guys <clears throat> that have a relationship with their Ecuadorian girlfriends through that little device. Ah, okay. So, yeah, pretty cool, though. It's been a good experience. Ecuador is a nice place. Uh, it's a... I, I got to say, it's about the nicest place I've really ever lived in, honestly. Yes. So Roger there. We'll get off of our geographical conversation here. Yes.
11: Well, I'm just going to say a point, I'm Jesse. uh, uh Argentina, I drove everywhere. And uh, the best thing about the Argentina, they distrust anything that has to do with government. And, uh, yeah, they're, right. so they're They are preppers without even knowing they're preppers. They distrust everything because, you know, they know – Sooner or later, they're going to be deluded. The whole country has been deluded it's for a, the last 50 years, and it's that oh, yeah, special group that you and special group that you don't like. Those type of people. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, probably they have the second largest community after New York uh, Jews or whatever. Oh. They're not Jews or what you there, and they oh. stole everything, every mineral, every uh, every yeah. deposit, banks, everything. And this guy uh, he's acting like a libertarian. He's not. If you look at Panama. The the protest is because they are in a denominated dollar, they don't have a central bank, and the inflation has skyrocketed. And for the last thirty days, and now he wants to dollarize uh, Argentina.
0: It's just crazy. Argentina, big mistake. I mean, Argentina's already committed to join the BRICS. Um, where you know, I I spent a lot of time in Buenos Aires, Jesse. Do you, do you do you spend any time in BA down there when you were down there?
11: Yeah, I spent in Cordoba and then and San Luis and, uh, and Buenos Aires and the porteños. I know when you say about potenos. Oh, the you go to the yeah, yeah. north, they don't like the porteños, and the, and, uh, and the Chile don't like the Argentina because, uh, uh, the Argentina think they're more pure than the other one and smarter and higher IQ. So all this, yeah, it's fun. And don't talk about uh, their, their soccer team. If you're against them, they'll get really pissed oh off my. and then they'll shake your Ooh, hand.
0: Boy, I'm telling you, they kill each other over soccer down there, folks. I'm not kidding you either, okay? Because you don't have schools. They don't have teams associated with schools. They've got private clubs. And these clubs, man, like Boca and River, they kill each other, okay? I'm serious. Yeah, Uh, You know, I was thinking – uh, uh, when I was in, where I was staying down there was real close to the world's largest street. You know, you've seen the picture. Jesse knows. But for the audience, it's that 29-lane street with the obelisk in the middle. And that's called 9 de Julio. The main street is there. And so Very I was wide. staying just a, yeah, 29 lane. You can't get across it. I got caught in an absolute downpour in the middle of that thing one time. And I couldn't get across. I had shorts on and just deck shoes. And my shoes were absolutely full of water. It, it, unbelievable. You can't get across that road in one trip. You're always going to get stopped by a light. So anyway, we were staying on one of the side roads, two streets over. Uruguay was the street. And, uh, so if, when you'd walk over to Nine de Julio and go over in Ricoletta over there, uh, the main downtown area, um, uh, there was a big synagogue there, and it, they've got a huge Jewish community in Buenos Aires, and it's one of these real old synagogues right on the face of a big park. And as I'd walk, I'd walk the street, right, it, it, part of that was was facing, you know. And you look up at the at the roof, and there's probably 40 or 50 different antennas up there. Okay, of all different configurations and types. And you could look over all the other roofs in Buenos Aires. There wasn't maybe a TV antenna or something. But that on top of that synagogue, man, there's 30 or 40 types of different types of communicative towers. And you just know it's the center of, of a lot of something that shouldn't be going on. <laughs> it's amazing, though. It is. They've also, Jesse, uh, got a guy that used to be George Soros's partner that has bought up and totally controls a huge area of Patagonia down there. Because the Jews, in Theodore Herzl's original book on Zionism, and he said there's only two places in the world that are suitable for us the Middle East, and Patagonia. And they've been having excursions of Jews down there in Patagonia for 25, 30 years, buying land, people in civilian clothes in survey teams, surveying land. Uh, do you know about the airport down there, Jesse?
11: Yeah, uh, even André uh, Sabushi, the English, American, uh, Argentina, right. yeah, in New yeah, York, my
0: friend. he was trying yeah, to wake I up his agent. people,
11: what's happening to him.
0: Yeah, you're right. I know Adrian. I've met him, talked with him, was on his radio show. That's why I'm in Ecuador. I was on his first radio show, and Jack was listening and heard me. That's how we connected, really the reason I'm up here. Um, they have a – they've got two airports in the Buenos Aires area. The, the international one's called Aziza, E-Z-I-Z-A, and it's about, it's about a $50 ca- dollar. cab ride outside of Buenos Aires, one way, okay? So they put it way out in the boondocks. Well, the old airport is right close to downtown, and it's called Aeroporte. And they use that airport for domestic internal Argentinian flights now, and anything else usually goes through Aziza. The airport they built in southern Argentina The runway is longer than the runway at at Aeroporto in Buenos Aires. There's no customs. There's no Argentine officials. There's nothing but this huge airstrip out there in the middle of friggin' nowhere where they fly these huge planes in full of who knows what. They got pretty good control of that part of the world down there.
11: And percentage wise, the Argentina are more awake than America. So if you bump to one of them and you start talking about politics or what's going on, they'll probably understand you more than if you try to bump to your neighbor here, they will not understand what's going on here. Because they That's they read true. more, they read more, they hear more podcasts, they hear more talk shows in many ways, right? So what they have done, they yeah. know they can not do nothing about it, and so what they do, they're just in the survivor of the fittest, right? They just look out for themselves yeah. and their family and try to live their life. But they know what's going on. They
0: really know. Well, there's another. Well, there's another aspect of that culture down there that breeds what you're talking about is because it's so European. It's called a cafe culture because there's little cafes all over the streets. You know, little coffee shop, little this, little that, and there's always people out there drinking coffee and you see the old men out there drinking coffee and reading the paper and talking politics and and it's just part of the culture, you know. It's very cool. I, mean, I like living down there.
11: I mean, remember, don't try to find uh, lunch or something after 2 o'clock or 12
0: o'clock if you <laughs> will not find so Except BA. Well, if, if you're in BA, you won't experience that in Buenos Aires, but the rest of the country, the whole culture is siesta, and it is really different, and it really takes an adjustment, because basically you live your life on a double, on a dual shift. You know? Because you get out in the morning, and if you're going to, to do banking business or government business, you got to get out and do it in the morning. Because when they close at 1 o'clock, those offices don't open in the afternoon and evening. They don't open till the next morning. I mean, you'll drive Probably. past a bank, and there's a line out the bank around the corner over into the next block, and it's people waiting to do banking business. I mean, it's nuts, man.
11: And this a, is a, a cash culture too. So if you're going to buy your Very property. Much. You better bring a load of a cash. And every day, oh, they, no. they they distrust anything with. They'll use it to it, a certain point, but they distrust anything with digital they, or banking. So everything's cash. It, so not or, only that, they don't
0: want you know. pesos. They don't want pesos, buddy. They want dollars.
11: Or they go invest on in Paraguay and Uruguay. For example, one of the freest countries that I think of. It's Paraguay because you could buy guns, you could do whatever you want. Land very low right. regulations for alcohol Right. So some of them they just put their cash or whatever their little investment. Or they <laughs> and some of them that live right close to the border of Paraguay, they even cross over there just to fill their tanks <laughs> if they need a yeah the gas. And everything's small.
0: Th- there's an area up there where Uruguay, Paraguay, and Argentina all meet. Right around uh, 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 Ir- uh, Gaysu Agu- Agu- Falls, however they call- say that. And there's a huge, huge smuggling operation in there to get goods from one country to the other, smuggled over without having to pay the taxes. It's I didn't go up there, but I heard about it, and uh, it's a it's an interesting part of the world. That's for sure. So uh, I don't want to ignore. If we got any new students or anybody, we're just sitting here having a conversation, and nobody's come forward in anything uh, along those lines. So we're just yakking. So if anybody's got some of that, hey, I don't want to. There's somebody right there. Yes.
9: Yeah.
0: Hey, Roger Jerry from uh, New York. I'm... Jerry, hello. Hold, hold on, Jerry. You're you got you're real funky on your phone. Let's see if we can get that. I'm getting some kind of noise out. Let's see if we can do it again, Jerry. Let's try again. Right.
9: How's that sound?
0: About the same. I hate to tell you. Yeah,
9: I'm not sure.
0: What to do about well, you got you got better there just for a split second. And you reverted back. So try and adjust the microphone to your mouth or something.
6: Is
0: he using headphones or earphones? Are you using earpods or something, Jerry? If so, can you unplug them and talk right into the microphone? This sounds like an earpod problem. Well, Earth to Jerry. We really do want to talk to you.
9: Okay, can you hear me now? Oh, about a
0: thousand percent better. Was it ear? Did you have earpods on?
9: Yeah, I had earpods. I'm not sure what the issue is. Yep. With, with those they usually work pretty well.
0: Okay, well we got you good so, now.
9: Hey, How Brad, you doing, Jerry? On.
0: It's Jerry, right?
9: Doing good. Doing good. Yes. Yes.
0: Yeah.
9: Hi, Jerry. Um, so from upstate New York, upstate New York here, uh, behind enemy lines, and um, recently filed my affidavit with uh, my passport application or renewal. Yeah, my question is: uh, I'm sending out the letters of notice to the local and state officials, uh, should I wait uh-huh. for that passport to come back, or I would I No, I off? wouldn't.
0: Uh, no, no. Go ahead and go ahead and send it to them. Okay, great, excellent. Especially uh, to hey, Miss, I, especially I really to Miss James. Especially to Miss James.
9: Yeah, absolutely. I have them ready to go, and I just wanted to ask that question: if I should wait for that to come back, um, i think no, he expedited. No. And, uh, yep. Okay. Great. The
0: only the only reason we even suggest that you wait between a naked filing and doing the passport is because of a situation that happened to a guy in California, and we had to think that through a little bit deeper. And I'm I'm sure it's hardly going to ever happen to anybody, but that's kind of the way we've adjusted the process and i don't i don't i can tell you the story if you want to hear it but it caused us to rethink i used to just tell people to apply for a passport and it was that experience said well let's send a cold affidavit in first and the reason was because the guy got a passport rejected and they revoked his open passport because he'd been caught drunk driving and wouldn't get out of the car he's a brit naturalized and he wouldn't get out of the car the uh, san jose police department ended up breaking the windows dragging him to jail and somehow he got out of jail and he thought in getting out of jail that the charges were still were waived and they weren't and so when he applied to with his affidavit to, on his existing passport, they ran him on the NCIC, picked up those two charges, so they used a section of the Code of Federal Regulations, to 27 CFR some sections, to reject his passport application because he had these outstanding charges, and because he had the outstanding charges, they revoked his open passport because he was a flight risk, and they kept his money. OK, so my thinking right. was if you send one of these f- naked affidavits in first, then your status has changed. And even if you had those things, they shouldn't be able to use a code of the federal regulations, which is only for residents of which you are not one anymore against you. And even if they did, you've got good grounds for an administrative appeal. So that's the reason all that came about.
9: So then, sending should, should we be sending letters also into the uh, Secretary of State of the United States as well as the passport application?
0: Yeah, well, that's what we suggest you do is send a copy of your affidavit with a cover letter first to him, and because then you're free, right? Then none of that other stuff right. applies to you anymore. Then you send the passport. But I don't think there's going to be very many people that have that skeleton in the closet. Right. But right. we readjusted the process sense. anyway, and part of the thinking was, I don't think they can see enough of these up there. Why isolate uh, have the affidavit? I a are going to be seeing a lot more. Well, I hope so, and I'd just i love to get something coordinated where we could get somebody to work with us and have people send their affidavits to them and then go and deliver them in person to the State Department with a film crew. How about that?
9: That'd be great. I'd love to see the look on their faces.
0: You know, come up with a truckloader.
9: Yeah, you know, Roger. You said this. I've heard you say a few times that this is this information is like a splinter in your mind. Uh, I, I got a hold of it um, about mid-September and have been listening to your archive shows every day, multiple times a day. Find you on Rumble, um, various platforms, and just listening to the same things, even if it's over and over again, and learning something new pretty much every time. So it's yep. really. Uh, I've heard you say that, uh, you know, you knew a long time ago something was wrong. And uh, I knew a long time ago something was wrong as well. And uh, this is that kind of information. It's just uh – you, you become obsessed with it and you can't get enough of it. So I really appreciate everything you're doing and everybody on your platform well, thank you. and everything that they do because it, it, it's tremendous. So, yeah, thank you.
0: Thank you, Jerry. Appreciate you. and and you're just another example like Thora of when this information hits the right person, buddy, it just takes your life over.
9: Yeah, and I heard Thora's interview there on Saturday, and I listened to her, and a lot of things resonated with what she was saying and the situation with her husband and the vaccines and, you know, being in upstate New York uh, where I live, and like I said, behind enemy lines during the pandemic was really uh, brutal up here uh, with the pressures for vaccines, which we did not do um, the uh, mask mandates and all of that, which we did not do. <laughs> and, um, uh, you know, living around all of that. So uh, looking for your freedom is really an important thing. And, uh, you're you're uh, you're doing God's work, my friend. That's for sure.
0: Well, I you know I don't know how I got tapped to do this. Um, it's just incredible uh, that I guess if and I'm not patting myself on the back. I'm just analyzing things, okay. And what you may not have heard is John and Glenn only had 1,200 students in six months. They had 1,200 people that paid to go through their course and file that paperwork with IRS and after they got raided everybody else left and there was a couple of us one or two three of us that kind of kept up but i'm the only one that's taken this further and if it wouldn't have been for me we this wouldn't be out there folks i'm yeah. I, like i said you know, i and, still and if- shake my head I shake my head in bewilderment as to why, you know, quite honestly. But I knew it was important. I knew I had to continue chasing it. I couldn't get anybody to listen to me. Very few people understood it because I couldn't explain it very well, you know. And so it's just been an absolute labor of love and duty. Uh, And you just keep taking and putting one foot in front of the other. And by golly, look what we found.
9: Yep. And, you know, one of the things that I think is probably scary for a lot of people, and even for myself, is the IRS component. You know, I've dealt with the IRS, you know, all my life, obviously, right? And I own some businesses and file taxes and pay a lot of taxes and uh, all that stuff, just like everybody else. And you just think that paying taxes is the normal process, and you really start to realize that they're confiscating 40% of your income or your pay. Yeah, Um, yeah. And invent uh, some, right? So that's the scariest yeah. part, and even for me. So I guess that leads me to another question: When should I do the IRS notification?
0: I do the ASAP. As well, now the revocation of elections up to you, and we have not pushed that. I would like to push it harder. Uh, Mark, actually, Mark, you're still with us, I'm assuming. Uh, Mark found a case just recently out of the Second Circuit second or fourth I don't remember of a gal that tried to do revocation of election she tried to take the whole thing up it went to the appellate level she handled it all herself I don't think she really knew what she was doing and she got a ruling against her and I, I don't think that would happen to us and it's something I would like to pursue because it really you know if, if we get you to notify the IRS Jerry you pull yourself out of the tax system Okay, so that's money that's not going into that one account to pay the bondholders anymore. But if we could get this revocation of election thing a little bit solid, then you could go in and apply for three years. You've just paid in and take that huge handful out of that account. And the end game here is being to get the cash flow into the account that pays the bondholders down as much as possible so that they eat their own fraudulent paper because everybody else in the world's dumping it, too. They got no other choice right. so but to buy was, it, or the whole underpinning market, the bond market, goes upside down. They have no other choice. It This literally backs them back into a corner on the financial end, and we know they don't like to eat fraudulent paper. They just like to issue it.
9: So I've gone on the uh, Weiss Paris uh, website a little bit and watched some of their videos, yeah. that, uh, which I got that information from you. And I mean, would you point people in the direction of them to kind of hold hands through this IRS that, process? And well, that'd be the best. And one? for
0: somebody that w- wants to learn more, that's the only site I know of to bird dog you at. Okay, now Joe Lustica met or came in contact—I can't say he personally met her, but he came in contact with a gal that works for Weiss Paris. She's still doing it, even though Weiss is dead okay, and they don't know about the national status. So Maybe I don't know how she's been, The gal that's still doing the Weiss-Paris approach doesn't know about the national status, which shocked me, and I don't know how, if she's having any success, how she's being successful, but we have a guy, John, uh, and uh, he went through this he just heard us talking about it one day and went and investigated it and went and did it, and he got a he got a sizable amount back from the IRS. I'm not at liberty to tell you how much it is sizable, okay? Yeah.
9: Mm-hmm.
0: And then he got in a situation yeah. where he inherited a farm and he had to take over the credit line for the farm, and every banker he went to wanted three years back tax returns, and he'd just done a revocation of election. <laughs> So he had to go back and give it back to yeah. you.
9: Well, I can tell you that I think that you're spot on with this IRS component. And the more we can learn about this and how to get out of that system and get out of it correctly and without blowback yeah. from the IRS or the state government, well, that is exactly how we're going to take our country back right there.
0: Well, Jerry, Roger. I promise you, we've never had one case of blowback reported to me outside of a couple of bluff letters. Uh, and the, the latest yep. ones have just been, well, we're, we're, uh, we're going over your account for 90 days, and then you never hear from them again. This is the linchpin of their whole deal is this tax thing. That's how they satisfy the original credit spout that's created when they enslave us at birth and represented by a birth certificate. It is the, and you know, I haven't come to that realization until relatively recently. It is the linchpin. That's why they're so ferocious. That's why they intimidate you so much and go overboard is because this is the most important point of the whole scheme. Who is the female having uh, had, had something to say there?
5: It was me, Thora. Um hey, Thora. I just, uh, Hi. So is wife Paris is that W E I S S? Is that what
0: Yes you that? Do you know yes, okay, do you okay. know about this revoc do you know about this revocation of election thing, Thora? I bet you don't really.
5: I I don't. I've never heard of it.
0: Okay, well this is what my teachers stumbled on originally that started all this my law teacher was was absolutely totally hooked on the tax issue and he could he had enough law and sense. he spent time spend reading those regulations in the code of federal regulations the internal revenue code irc they call it and uh he found in the regulations where it says if you've been filing in the incorrect status you can change your status and refile with this revocation of election, and they'll send you the last three years that you've sent in back. And that oh, was wow. what they built this whole thing on. That was what we paid money to go through a course to do, and you, you file all non-resident alien returns with the Philadelphia Service Center. And But what John and Glenn didn't know was what I know the ultimate get it out get change it at the secretary of state we would send these affidavits to the irs and file them in our local property records office and so the first few of them that got sent in the people got these three-year returns back and then the irs figured out what was happening and they start by the time that i got in and sent my paperwork in i got three five hundred dollar frivolous filing penalties back Now, those are $5,000 frivolous filing penalties. But the thing that we didn't know was the Secretary of State is the ultimate arbitrator. And then you go back to the IRS, and now they can't hit you with a frivolous filing penalty. In fact, they can't do anything about it because it's in their regulations. We just now know that you got to do the Secretary of State first. He's the head guy. Now you relieve yourself from the rest of the federal bureaucracy.
5: That's amazing. So, yes,
0: Weiss Weiss Paris is P-A-R-I-S is the rest of it. Weiss was an attorney in Florida who got turned on to John and Glenn's info and actually moved to Paris and was helping people do this from France. And then he died. Now, who was trying to say something there?
9: yeah no that was me again roger jerry so um i've been on so i would recommend everybody get on their youtube channel and subscribe to that there's a a ton of videos for weiss paris on youtube uh very informative they're short for the most part and they're pretty easy to understand and follow along with but the irs stuff again yeah the irs stuff is really complicated and obviously they do it on purpose to to scare us all and to confuse us and Obviously, the more we can get, um, I think this community. The more we can get that untie that knot, uh, this thing's going well, that, that, to really grow. That, because, that, you know,
0: that, that knot's untied already. All you got to do is point out non-resident alien at 26 CFR 1.1-1A, and they're done. Okay, no and cool. uh, uh, yeah, Thora and, I, you know, t- and Jerry. I want to ask both of you guys, have you heard us talking about Woodrow Wilson's uh, repudiation of dollar diplomacy? This is really interesting. Okay. You can go look at it on the web. It's Woodrow Wilson repudiation of dollar diplomacy. Diplomacy is the title of it. This is the very first document I ever found before uh, even the Internet was hardly up. I went to the Cobb County Law Library. I knew a little bit about this, so I knew some of the time frames. And I went to the reference section and found a book of historical documents, okay, legal documents. And I went right in that range at the start of last century, and I found this. And it's the whole story okay it's very short and what it is it was early in wilson's presidency and as it says in the uh in the in the the, the the document there, he was approached by a consortium of bankers. They use that exact word, a consortium of bankers, and they wanted to give a loan to China for $100 million so that China could build railroads. That's the way the Rothschilds got into all these countries is financing railroads, okay? And so they were going to loan $100 million to China to build railroads, but they wanted Wilson to co-sign the loan And in this document, he turns down co signing of that loan. All right. And he gives the reasons for it. All right. And he, hello. Hi there. We're talking. Just a second. And and, and there's a paragraph in there. Hi, Rosa. Well, can you get Rosa off to the side because I'm in the middle of something here? Two
10: o'clock. Okay.
0: All right. Okay. Did you get Rosa Rosa taken care of? Okay. All right. So in the middle of that document, repudiation, of dollar diplomacy, he gives the reasons that he won't co-sign the loan. And one of them is the tax system. Get this language now. The tax system that's proposed is burdensome and antiquated. Now, is that not perfect? Is the, is the Internal Revenue Code burdensome and antiquated? <laughs> you bet. I bet you it is. Okay. But get this line, get the rest of it. The proposed tax system is burdensome and antiquated and administered by foreign agents. The IRS is not a government agency. right Yes Go look go look and see where all their offices are You'll never find the IRS office in a federal building They always rent their own buildings cuz they're private Hey Roger Yes hey Joe How's
6: it going um, good. I I I found something very interesting out recently and do um, you know how, like, the companies are all acting as withholding agents for the taxes, right?
0: Yep. Yes.
6: Well, I, well, I found something out very interesting, and it's very easy to validate this. If you go look at an SS4 form, which is the form that you use to get an EIN number, it tells you that withholding agents are used to withhold taxes from non-resident aliens.
0: Wow. Well, you know, Kottmeier, back in the old days when he was so uh, uh, adamant against John and Glenn stuff, that was Kottmeier's, uh old statement. Is, Non-resident aliens are the only ones that have to pay the tax. Well, yeah, but the only taxes they have to pay are constitutional taxes, 871B and 877B.
6: Right, and then I found out that the, the 1099s, the W4 so they take the w- that
0: so hold 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 on a second so they take yeah. that withholding that is targeted for non-resident aliens which shouldn't be withholding at all and they blanket apply it to everybody
6: right that's why the revocation of election works because you by signing these uh, 1040 forms or whatever forms you're signing you're agreeing to to participate in this it's a gift tax. These 10 yes. these 10 uh, 1040s, the 10 uh, the W4s, the 1099s, they're all gift and estate taxes.
0: Right. Wow. Well, it is all voluntary. The tax system is voluntary, okay? And they have to trick you. But if there is a mandatory aspect to it, it's 26 CFR 1.1-1A. An income tax is owed by all individuals who are citizens of the United States or residents. And to the extent of 871B, 877B, all non residents Please, 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 I'm begging you. Whoever's making that damn noise, stop. Stop. Please. Okay. This information is complex enough without having those distractions. It, it 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 is difficult. Okay. So not to fuss at you, but please, if you got an open mic, watch it rubbing on your shirt or talking to Rosa or whatever. Okay. So thanks, Joe. Oh, thanks, Joe. Yeah. Good morning, Roger. Off? Well, there's Daryl. I didn't scare him off.
6: No, I'm still here.
12: No, I'm hey, not. Darryl? I ain't scared of nothing. Uh, <laughs> the uh, I was. <laughs> I had my definition pulled right up here. I'm glad you brought it out because this is this is where you need to go. You <clears throat> don't make this harder than it is. Yep. You can uh, you can quite uh, in- in the beginning, uh, it's very, very easy to examine the pixels so closely you lose sight of the picture,
4: hmm. and
12: yeah. uh, it's uh, it's uh, sort of uh, compelling because... You think you're just gonna keep finding more and more of these uh, you know awestruck jaw dropping moments <laughs> and and they are there. But um, if you over fixate, if you over analyze, you'll get caught up in, in Analysis, thinking and legal paralysis. system think. Yeah. analysis by uh, analysis exactly uh, if there's any number of uh, you know because of my background uh, I'll give you an example there was a, there was a 727 that crashed in Washington. Uh, with three qualified pilots in the cockpit because they got distracted with over analyzing a simple electrical problem.
0: It was just a light. I wasn't the one that was that the one it, that crashed into the river there in the Potomac? Uh, no
12: this was a this was a fuel problem uh, up in Washington State. Oh Washington um, State. They, they they, they, they had a fuel problem because they ran out of gas, because they got preoccupied with looking at an indicator light. Uh-huh. And if you know anything cool. about pilots, they tend to be highly analytical, uh, uncompromising, perfectionist sorts with uh, type A control personalities. And if the captain doesn't have his uh, situational awareness skills developed. Uh, these things happen. Now, there was another one. Same sort of situation. Uh, they didn't run out of gas, but there was an L-1011 that crashed into the Florida Ele- uh, Everglades.
0: Oh, yeah. That was and, the Eastern flight, right? And,
12: yeah. Um, they, they made a movie about it. Uh, I think Ernest Borgnine yeah. was the actor. But uh, it's it's a really good example of you have a perfectly capable, totally functional, uh, wide-body three-engine jet aircraft operated by highly trained, experienced flight crew that is goofing around with landing gear indicator lights and descends at night. Softly and gently into the Florida Everglades.
0: Everglades, right? Uh, yuck. Uh, this is called. Didn't they accelerate? Analysis? Didn't they accelerate into it? Didn't they accelerate into it at
12: all? No, they just, they just, they just, they just. Uh, well, at about 180 knots, you know, it's pretty dramatic. Wow. But it was fairly wow. gentle. It's a fairly gentle. Ouch. fairly gentle touchdown this is called analysis paralysis and the reason for it is that you're over analyzing or fixating on the pixels not keeping the bigger picture and what this group and what uh, people like me are here to do is to remind you every once in a while to pick your head up and look out the window (laughs) And to see where you're at, and uh, because you'll you'll get caught up in all kinds of legalese That's and things you don't necessarily getting, have
4: to.
0: I hate getting into yep. these shows where we dig down in all that crap and you confuse people, and if they're new, they're lost. As I have gone to yeah. great lengths over a long time to make this as absolutely conceptual and simple as possible because the, the, the success yeah. is in the simplicity, okay? The, their success what? is in the complexity. No. The reason we're here is yeah. because they've set this thing up like this.
12: Well, you're, you're not going to over uh, use their complexity to beat them. Okay, and or, or uh, you know, you, you get a chip on your shoulder, and I'll show them. But look, uh, I dare say I've been at this longer than anybody here except Roger. <laughs> and, That's probably true. And uh, have operated uh, trade, self-employed. I don't have a driver's license. And nobody bothers me. And I've kind of gone on with my life. And uh, and it's quite nice. <laughs> it's very nice. I, I don't have any IRS problems and uh, or state problems or... Social Security problems or any kind of problems. I don't have any. These there's no problems. Yep. And so I think when you kind of come onto this and you start doing things, a lot of people are trying to clear up what they were involved in, and you you kind of have to do that. If you if you've got a messy bed, you have to clean that up. You have to make that bed up and clean it up before you yep. move on to that simpler life. And yep. once you do that, you have to make sure you, you don't you know curse yourself again by entering contracts. Now this previous fellow that was talking, I really want to thank Jerry. him for Jerry. You know, Jerry, pulling out pulling out this information on the non resident alien and the withholding agent. That's that's oh that, that that's was very job. interesting. That was job. He is no, oh, oh, Joe, that was very. Yeah, that's very interesting. Makes perfect sense. Uh, but and uh, un, unless you want to go full MMA on these people for some personal vindictive reason, you just you just want to get away from them and be left alone, and then uh, then quietly help help your family and friends do the same thing. You know and uh, but
9: uh, I, I I don't know
12: I it's I've been doing this a long time it's worked for me hey,
9: Daryl or <laughs> either, either one of you guys Daryl or Roger if you could just kind of explain yeah. the non-resident alien and its application or relevance to the national that, that might be helpful I
0: will it's the same well it's not it's the same thing it's just a different label and if you want to prove that, you want to go look at a document called TD 2313. TD stands for Treasury Decision 2313. Treasury decisions are written when the Supreme Court has a decision on a tax issue. And the Treasury writes the decision to instruct the Treasury on how to adhere to any rulings. Right? this Jerry I'm talking with, right? Okay. That's correct. So Treasury Decision twenty three thirteen was written off of Bush Haber versus Union Pacific Railroad in about nineteen sixteen, I think. And that was the very first case that challenged the, uh, uh, the, the some of the new tax stuff that was going on at that point. Okay. Now, Bruce a very long and boring case from, I've never read it from what I've even heard. But if you go in, in the case and look at the thumbnail on the web and it's, I was shocked to see it. Bush Haber's, attorney brought up in oral arguments at the Supreme Court that Frank Bushhaber was a non-resident alien but the court did not incorporate that into their ruling on Bushhaber. but in the Treasury decision written off of the decision the very first sentence says Frank Bushhaber, a citizen of the state of New York And a non-resident alien that comes from the treasury. Yep. So all they did was take take national and hide it over here because they had to put it in that jurisdictional statement. So they just changed the label. So what they're saying is you're non-resident to the residency of the 14th Amendment and your national or state citizenship status is alien to the federal status. That's how they're using it there, Jerry. What were you going to add, Daryl?
12: Well, I mean, it's just, this is huge, and uh, and this is where it could get complicated in your mind, or you can make this really simple. So let me take this opportunity. When they're saying, "In one dot, one dash, one a non-resident alien individual," they're saying two things. They're either saying some cat from. American Samoa and Swains Island, or a national. Yep. And you. That's that's what they're saying. That's all it is, is.
0: That's it. And when you see that, you automatically think it's Joe the tomato picker. Right? But you go back exactly. to, if you're, framing this, if you're framing this jurisdictional statement when talking with somebody or even in your mind, the way you look at it is this. This is why you go back to the basics. There's only two statuses. You're either free or you're a slave. Right, Jerry? That's exactly right. Yep. Okay. Well, now we know who the slave is, the citizen of the United States or resident. The non-resident alien's got to be the free guy no matter what they label him. It definitely helps. This is so. Share. This is so simple, folks. I mean, I know it's couched in <laughs> incredible complexity. I've been dealing with it for thirty years. When you get above the clouds, like Daryl in some of his flights, when you get above the clouds, it's clear and you got perfect vision. Break it down to simple concept. You're either free or you're Blue a slave. F- one or the other.
4: Okay.
12: Let me let me give you my my two cents here. On, uh, just to back you, not that Roger needs backed up, but here's here's the uh, cornbread version of this. When when you understand what 1.1-a says, stop volunteering. Yeah. You don't want to be a volunteer. Stop. Stop volunteering. Okay. Yeah. Stop contracting. And because when you say you're going to gift gift them something, they they hold your
0: feet to the fire. Yep. So oh, yeah, especially when you That's sign it, especially especially when you sign it under penalty of perjury, then they got your ass right there. Oh yeah,
12: yeah. So, Carol. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that Samuel?
0: Samuel? Yeah,
12: I think
13: um, it is. I agree with keeping it simple. By the way, um, however. Would you feel that it's a good idea to have a fuel gauge in your plane? That's
4: uh, very simple.
12: I would. Okay.
13: <laughs> and if, if but it's that, not necessary. If, if that's the case, would you like it to indicate to you in a language you understand?
12: That would be very helpful, Samuel. That's a very okay. good point.
13: But what if that language... Was in a language you thought you understood, but the language is actually telling you something you think is accurate, but is
12: actually misleading. You fare aside. Oh, then I know I'd be dealing with a Jew. I, I was. I was dealing with a Jew then. Okay. All right. No, my
13: my, my analogy, my, my analogy is that we're we're taking our name, something that we should recognize for what it is and should be. Oh. And that uppercase name is killing us.
0: Well, it ain't killing me, Samuel. I filed an affidavit. I don't care how they identify me as long as they got that paperwork.
13: Yeah, Roger, if you respond to that name, you're responding to a persona.
0: Okay,
12: well, whatever. My, my, mother, my, mother, my mother calls me son. That's right.
13: Yes, well, we've never done it on My in regular hours, and I tried to get it in today. But some, you know, theres I don't know if you've seen it, but there's a, a Randy Lee rebuts the IRS. It's a court uh, doc. It's short, sweet, and points out the power of the name.
0: I haven't ben seen it.
13: Victim. Yeah, I'd okay, love to right. read it on online You know what? Time. We'll my just,
0: affidavit, yeah. my affidavit overcomes any jurisdiction they get with the capital letters. Period. Period.
4: And that's it.